Welcome to another exciting weekend message from Encounter Church. For more information, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. This uh, month we're going to have five different battles that we're going to be fighting. And the first one is this, it's fear versus faith. Today we're talking about that. Next week is image versus identity. And then we have greed versus generosity, lust versus love, and religion versus relationship. And these are five very important aspects of living a life of faith that we all struggle with. And today we're talking about fear versus faith. And I really think that this is an extremely timely message. And I'll I'll tell you why. And I'll just be honest with you right up front is that I struggle with fear. This is something that I have wrestled with for a long time. Generally, I have been pretty an insecure individual as I've been growing up. Um, I have doubts, but fear has been something that is really something that I've struggled with personally in my personal life and even in my ministry life. In fact, you know, this, this has been something that, that has plagued me as a leader in that it can stymie things. It causes you to not be able to, to be able to move forward. You're always second-guessing things. You're afraid of what's going to happen. I mean, I consider myself to be a pretty confident individual. Most of you might even look at me and would say, well, Pastor Jared, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that you would be an insecure individual, that you would have problems with fear. But if you really know on the inside of me, you would know that I have struggled with this for a very long time. I've, I've, I don't want to say like I have been so afraid that I wouldn't go out of the house, but it's more the fears that I dealt with are fears of confidence, fears of not being able to, to believe that, that this is going to, to come out right in the end. I mean, some people call that pessimistic. I have been born, I am a born pessimist, and this has been a battle that I have fought all my life. Even in church planting, I mean, this is the, probably one of the greatest entrepreneurial efforts that an individual could ever take. And it takes so much faith to get something like this off the ground, to believe in something that does not exist. But at the same time, I will be honest with you that for the last two years of my life, I have battled back and forth through the fear of what it takes. Do I have enough? Am I good enough? Am I strong enough? And then faith that it doesn't matter how good I am. It doesn't matter how strong I am. I believe in a God who has called us into existence. And so that's just an example of my own life. But I will tell you something is that this year in January, January 1st, it was actually, it was New Year's Eve. So it was December, December 31st. We went to Lifestone Church, which is uh, our family, our church family, where we came from. It's where we were before we started this church. And they had a New Year's Eve service, which was so powerful to me. And they had a service where they said, tonight we're going to name your year. What are you believing God for in 2014? And as I sat there for a moment, I thought, what is it that I want to believe God for this year? Do I want to believe God for our church to grow? Do I want to believe God for, for health in my family, for financial restoration? And I've, I felt like, just this one thing rose to the top, and it was that this year, instead of being marked by fear and being marked by scarcity, which is this concept of that there is never enough, that there's always just enough, 
I felt so strongly that I was going to believe that this year was going to be a year of faith and a year of abundance. And that's not a prosperity gospel I'm talking about. This is not, oh, Jared believes that the Bible teaches that everything is right and pie in the sky. No. What that means is I believe in John 10.10 that says, I have come to give you life and come to give you to the fullest, to the abundance of it. I believe I've always believed in my head, but I'm believing in my heart this year in faith that God wants to take care of me and not just get me by to scratch, you know, scratch the surface or, or have to claw at everything. I believe that this year God wants us to have greater faith, that he wants us to have the faith that can move a mountain. Whatever circumstance is going on in your life right now, whatever it is, I believe that God is saying, will you have the faith? Well, you have the faith to believe that I can move in that situation. I mean, I think we all deal with fear. You're afraid that maybe you're not good enough. Somebody asks you to do something and you say, I don't know. And your first reaction is, I'm, I don't think I could do that. Maybe it's fear of rejection. Maybe it's fear of failure or making a mistake that could cost someone something. Maybe it's you're afraid that you're going to just repeat past experiences over and over again. Maybe that's been your life and you're afraid to repeat it. Maybe you're afraid of getting hurt again. I've tried it before and I got hurt. Maybe you're afraid of trying new things. Maybe you've been thinking about starting a business or an organization. Maybe you have a dream. What is it for you that you're afraid of? What are you holding on to? Maybe you're afraid of losing your home. Maybe you're afraid of losing your job. Or maybe you're afraid of losing a loved one. There's so many things. You're afraid to share your faith. I'm afraid of what people will think of me. Afraid to lose friends. There's so many things that we could be afraid of in our lives. And it can cripple us. It can dominate us. It can keep us back. And we battle with this. That's why this, this message series is, I'm believing, is just going to be so great. Because I believe that God wants to give us the tools to unlock the prisons that we, that we face and every day. If you've ever seen like prison movies or prison TV shows of, of individuals who are new to the prison, they feel like every day is a nightmare because they're locked in, they can't go anywhere, and they're always afraid of somebody coming and beating them up or taking something from them. That's what it's like to live in fear. And it may not be, you may not say, I'm a fearful individual, to where I'm crushed by, by fear all the time and anxiety, but that every one of us deals with fear on some level, even if it's just fear of taking the step into the unknown that God might be calling you into. And today, today, I'm believing that God is asking you, he's challenging each of us to step into the ring and to take on that fear and to fight it with faith. And there's this great story of faith in, in the Bible. There was a woman, her name was Jochebed. It's a kind of a funny name. She had, it just took faith, I think, for her to get out of bed so that she wouldn't be made fun of with her name. But Jochebed was the mother of Moses. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of Moses. Anybody ever heard of this guy? Anyone ever seen the movie The Prince of Egypt? Let me see hands if you've ever seen The Prince of Egypt. So Jochebed was a mother who was a Levite. Her and her husband got married. Levites were a special sect of the, of the Israelite people, the Jewish people, that were the priests. They were a very special uh, group of people who were set apart to take care of the temple and to do God's work in, in sort of a priestly fashion. So the Bible tells us, and we're going to get to a story in, in Exodus in just a minute. The Bible tells us about a story of a woman named Jochebed who, who during this, this time of great peril has a baby. And what we find is that, is that 
is that about 80 years prior, there was a great pharaoh who, who cared about the Jewish people because of a man named Joseph. So Joseph was an Israelite who ended up in slavery in Egypt and then, but rose to power through God's favor. And eventually, his whole family and the Israelite people moved into Egypt and they were there staying, not as slaves, but they were just as free people. But what was happening is that after that Pharaoh died away, what we found happened was another Pharaoh came along and while they were fighting battles all over the rest of the world, their armies were, were not in Egypt. They were fighting in, in different fronts. The Pharaoh who was at home saw that the Israelite people were being blessed by God and they were growing and growing and growing. They were multiplying. They were becoming such a numerous force of people that actually the Pharaoh decreed, he was so afraid, he was so afraid that the, that the Israelites were going to rise up and revolt against the Egyptians and against Pharaoh that he decreed that all sons, all male-born children of the Israelites were to be killed and to be thrown into the Nile River. Now this is the scenario that Moses is born into. And so we pick up our story in Exodus chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 1 through 10. Verses 1 through 4 right here in the beginning. If you have a Bible, Exodus chapter 2, it's on the screen as well and in your notes as well. And this is what it says. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son, who we know is Moses. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. Why? Because all babies, all male-born babies were supposed to be executed. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. And then the baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Now there are two things that I want to pull out of this particular passage right now. The first is incredible fear. I mean, could you imagine what it would be like Moses was the third born in a family. So he had Miriam, his sister. He had Aaron, his older brother. And then Moses was born. Now Aaron and Miriam were both born in a time where this decree had not happened yet. There was no fear of having a baby. Aaron and Miriam grew up feeling like this is great. We're okay. I mean, they were in slavery, but it wasn't, it wasn't in the sense of like, my life is in danger. But when Moses was born... Imagine what Jochebed and the father of Moses felt like. We have this new baby that we love, but I don't, I mean, any day now I could have the Egyptian guards busting into our house, finding a newborn baby and killing him on the spot or throwing my baby to drown into the Nile River. This incredible moment of fear that could grip them. I mean, so much so that they, they hid him. They hid Moses in the house. They, imagine what that life would be like that they were hiding inside of a home, never coming out because the baby had to be weaned. I mean, imagine what that would be like for you if you were so afraid of something to where you couldn't even leave the house. Such incredible fear that took place in that moment. But there was also incredible faith that took place. This is such a great thing. I mean, Jochebed hid the baby for three months knowing, knowing that at any moment her baby could be, could be killed, and she would be punished for the fact that she broke the law. But not only that, she takes baby Moses, puts him in a basket, makes this basket in secret, like a covert assignment, 
puts this basket inside of the river along the reeds. Most of the time, I think we imagine the story of where Moses is floating down the river. That was not the case. What the Bible actually tells us happened was that she put the basket among the reeds. It's these high sort of like, you know, like plants, like grass-like plants that, that stick up. So you can sort of, it, it kind of comes and then it just sits in the middle. So the, 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 the basket just sat in the middle of the, on the banks there. She put him in the basket and then placed it in the river in faith that somehow the God, that who, who, the God of her people, the God who would love her, who loves her, would protect their baby. She didn't know what else to do. And then she's her sister, the Bible says the sister Miriam watched from a distance. Why? Why? You know, sometimes in our lives, when we give things to God and we say, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how you're going to do this. I'm just trusting in faith that you are going to, to, to fix the situation. You're going to get us through it. Sometimes all we can do is watch. Sometimes that's all we can do is just sit back and watch what God does. And I believe in that moment that Jochebed said, I don't know what's going to happen, but I have got to protect my boy. Now, I will tell you, it's all because one woman chose faith over fear. If she had allowed her fear to, to encompass her and to dominate her, Moses would not have lived, and then God would have had to have found another person to deliver the Israelites. And maybe if that hadn't happened, this faith hadn't taken place, maybe the Israelites would have been in slavery even more, even longer than they were already were. Faith. Faith. Now when you wrestle with this, and I understand, like, Pastor Jared, I know, like, man, I know that you want to have faith, and I want to have faith too, but how do I live? How do I live in faith when I'm dominated by such fear? How did, how did, how did Jochebed do it? How did she have faith? Well, it's because of this principle. This is Ephesians 3.20. Now, Jochebed didn't have the New Testament to read from, but this principle is not just a New Testament principle. This is, this is at the crux of at the core of who God is to the Jewish people and to us as Christians. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might think or ask. What is that? It's not about my faith. It's about who God is. God and his mighty power at work within us is able to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask or imagine. I can think of a lot of stuff. I can think of quite a bit. I could, I could imagine a lot. But God in his word says, you have no idea how powerful I am. How I have the ability to cause the sun to stand still in the sky. I was just reading this week about a passage where one guy says to God, I believe what you have said to me, but to prove it, I'm going to ask that there be a sign that you would click the sundial backwards four steps. Could you imagine that? To see that? That you're looking up at the sky and then you see time go backwards. Could you imagine the circumstances that Moses just went through? He went from being a child who was on the run to becoming a prince of Egypt, to becoming the Israelites' deliverer, all because of the faith that 
that God can accomplish infinitely more than her mother could ever ask. Jochebed just wanted her son to be spared. She never imagined, never imagined that he would grow up to become a deliverer of their people who had been oppressed for 85 years. So the main idea of today is this. God has a plan. I mean, if that's anything we learn from this passage of Scripture is that God has an incredible plan. He's got a huge destiny. He's got a huge, like, future for you. God had a plan for Jochebed and for Moses. God has a plan for, to free Israel from their slavery. God has a plan for your life. If God cared enough about one little baby, He cares about you. He cares about your situation. He cares about your circumstance. And here's the point of this, is that He is always working behind the scenes on your behalf to bring circumstances together for your good. But if you don't believe, if you're dominated by fear, that severely limits God's ability to do anything in your life. You have to believe. It doesn't mean that everything was always peachy. It doesn't mean that everything was pie in the sky. Because guys, I'll tell you what. When you go into the world and you're living life, you intersect with other people. Other people don't necessarily understand who you are. Especially if you're a Christian, people might think that you're weird because you believe in a God that they can't see. But when you have faith, God doesn't promise a perfect life. God doesn't promise a, a peachy life. God wants to bless you. And God will bless you. I spent my day yesterday on Lake Moraine grilling burgers on a boat. It was beautiful. I had an opportunity to be out there, and I didn't have to pay a cent for it. I mean, that's a blessing of God. And when I go on vacation, or when I get to spend time with people, there are moments where I just sit back and I think, Wow, I am blessed. God has blessed me. And other times I do struggle with fear. I struggle with how am I going to pay my bills? Or, or is this church going to grow? Or, 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 or are my kids going to grow up and follow Jesus? Like I have fears in my life. Fears that I'm going to fail at things, or make mistakes, or repeat past failures. But then I sit and I think I remember that God is powerful. God is able and is working behind the scenes. This entire time that Moses was a baby, God was working to free his people. And that's the thing, is that God doesn't just want to use you to, to set your circumstances free. He wants to use you in a greater picture to set other people free. I mean, it would have been a great story that God turned Moses into the prince of Egypt and he just stayed there because he would have lived. But it was a God's masterpiece story because he turned the situation that was meant for evil into something that changed a nation. It's amazing what God can do if we just give him faith. And God's protection flows within his purpose. God's protection flows within his purpose. And this is important for you to understand. God used Moses to set the Israelite people free. Why didn't God choose another baby boy who was born? I mean, there were other Israelite babies who were, who were murdered, who were thrown into the Nile. Why did he choose Moses? Because it fit his purpose for freeing the entire people. I think sometimes we sit as people and we're afraid. We say, God, I want to believe. I, I want my circumstances to change. 
And I think sometimes we get frustrated because it doesn't seem like it's happening the right way. And maybe it's because we're not tapping into what God's purpose is in the moment. We're so concerned. We're so worried about what you're afraid of, what I'm afraid of, that we can't see what God is trying to do. God's promises flow with His purpose. So if God wants, figure out what it is that God wants to do in your life in this circumstance, and watch exactly how God takes you through it. Watch, and at the end you look back and say, oh my gosh, I'm so amazed at the set of circumstances that God has brought into fruition for you to get through that thing. But then you almost always look back and you say, wow, look what God did, and it wasn't just for me. How it touched other people, how it transformed other people. God's promises always flow with His purpose. Find out what His purpose is in your life and follow Him. When we are living inside the plan of God for our lives, He promises to work everything together. Now, you may, last week you were here, you heard this, this, this announcement that we made about how we're moving facilities. We got a call a few weeks ago from the custodian here at Arsenal Middle, and they said that they unexpectedly just found out that day that they are doing construction in this building and that we cannot be here for the entire summer. And my first thought was, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? But I will tell you that God knows what he's doing. God knows exactly what he's doing. The day before, I got, I got a friend, an individual who came up to me and said, I feel like God wants me to tell you something. He said, the clouds are always, the clouds are coming, but the sun is always shining behind the clouds and I am with you. Now that, in its own right, is providence that God knew the next day I was going to get this phone call and to immediately beforehand tell me that I need to have confidence and faith. So we began this, this, this task of looking at where to go. But you know what God did? God opened up the school for us two blocks up the road. We didn't, we didn't have to leave Lawrenceville. We didn't have to find some space that wasn't going to work for us. We are on the same road. 40th Street. Just drive up the hill, cross over and get to Liberty and you're at Wilson Elementary. Like, it's amazing. You walk in the building and there's a gymnasium and there's classrooms and the space is great. Why? Because God's purpose is. God is not going to allow something to destroy his church. And it could be so easy for me as a pastor to say, God, what are you doing? Our church is young. These kind of unexpected things can, can cripple churches. That's the human mindset. That's the fearful mindset. But the faith mindset that knows that I serve a God in the universe, I know that God can take a circumstance and put us in a building and can double our size because He wants to get people on that side of the city to know where we are. He's putting us in front of a road called Liberty Avenue, which has twice, if not more, the traffic that Bottom Street or Penn Avenue gets. And our signs will be there every Sunday morning that will say Encounter Church right on it. It gives us an opportunity to be able to see things differently, to take a look from a different angle about how we do church. And it also teaches our people that God is not inside of a school building, that God can be anywhere. He can be in a park, He can be in a boys and girls club, He can be in an auditorium, He can be in a gymnasium, it doesn't matter where we go, because God is there. The people of Israel were in slavery, and God said, I will free you. I mean, imagine what it could be for a church this summer. Imagine what God is going to do. 
And if you're even thinking now, well, I don't know if I should invite any friends this summer because it'll be different. No. I challenge you to invite friends to church this summer because I am believing that God is going to do amazing things. I'm believing it. And so I put this up here not as an announcement, but to tell you that I am in it right now. I am believing that God is going to transform our church. That he's going to transform this community because of this summer. So here's our challenge for the day. Choose faith over fear. Fear will always punch you in the face. It will always take cheap shots. It will always try to get you down before you can do anything about it. You need to know what's coming. But choose to fight fear with faith. It is the greatest weapon that we have. What is it that you're afraid of? I'm going to ask you that today. What is it you're afraid of? What is holding you back from living the life that God has for you? What are you holding on to that is keeping you in fear? What is God calling you to that you're afraid to step forward into? And I mentioned that business plan or an organization or a dream of some kind in your heart. What is it? What are, you, what are you afraid of? What is God calling you to? What changes do you need to make in your life that you're afraid of making? Maybe God has been telling you. Maybe he's been saying, I want you to give this up. I want you to do this. I want you to get a job because it's destroying your family. I want you to I want you to and the relationship that you've been a part of. I don't know. I'm not saying like husbands and wives divorce yourselves. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is there are toxic relationships at times. There are changes that need to be made in your life that are easier to just stay where you are. But the fear of the unknown, the fear of the thing that is out there, some of the times it feels like I'm terrified because I don't know how it could affect me. Other times it's a dream. It's something I feel like I want to do. I feel like God's calling me to do. But you're afraid because it means stepping out into something. What if I fail? What if it doesn't work? I challenge you to choose faith over fear. Believe that if God has spoken to you, that He is the God who can do it infinitely more than you could ask for. So don't just ask for God to do amazing things in your life. Don't just ask Him to bring that business to reality. Don't just ask Him to, to God help me pay my bills. Ask for that John 10.10, 10, that life abundance, believing that God is the God who wants to give good gifts to His children. He doesn't just want to say, I'm going to give you barely enough to scrape by this week. Believe that God wants to take something and turn it into something that will transform the world. When I started this church, I said, God, I don't want to just plant a church that has 50 people in it. I want to plant a church that has the, the ability to dramatically introduce new life into a community, to reduce crime. Do you know what it takes to, take, to change a crime rate in the city? It takes amazing influence. That is the kind of church that I want to be pastor of. I want to see hundreds of people fill in this room. I want to see us in multiple services. I want to see us build a community center. 
I want to see us go take mission trips across the world and for people's lives to be changed. And I pray to God every day, God, give me the faith to see it. The faith to see it. To bring it about. I know that you didn't just call me to be this guy who gets up on stage and just does this every week and doesn't think about it. I know that you can do so much more than I could ever imagine or ask. That's the kind of faith you need. Choose faith over fear. Put the baby in the basket. Trust God. Give it to God and trust Him and choose to believe that God has a plan for your life, for your circumstances. Thanks for listening to this message from Encounter Church. If you call Encounter Home or if you would like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving options. Just go to EncounterPGH.com and click on the Support Encounter tab on the left side. This is a quick and simple way to stay up to date with your regular giving. We hope you join us next week.